You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here is your host, it's Mr. Carl Stebbings. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 49 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and not in my kitchen studio and not in Lanzarote this no, week either. No, indeed, no. I'm in Matt's conservatory studio indeed yes and much much nicer than when we were in here last yes yes it's very sunny today <laughs> it is it's lovely it's yeah. a lovely clear day it certainly is. and we were just commenting on earlier we can hear the uh, parachute plane we uh, can. buzzing around oh yes. there it is <laughs> yeah indeed there it is in the background good morning Stuart. yes, yes. good morning Stuart. up there at uh, fourteen thousand feet or whatever you are yeah. flying at this morning oh. with uh, strange people jumping out of a perfectly mm. serviceable aircraft I've never understood that personally. No, <laughs> no, no. The plane appears to be okay. Don't get me wrong. If I have to jump out of one, I will. I'm just not sure I can with, do with it with a parachute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's on fire, I may take my chances. <laughs> just grab a grab a seat cushion. Yeah. Be okay. Yes, yes. So you joined us then for episode number 49. Indeed. It is half past nine on the 15th of February. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. The day after Valentine's Day. Uh, Did you do anything nice and romantic with your other half? No. What? (laughs) You're rubbish. (laughs) Gemma, I don't know how how or why you do it, frankly. (laughs) I brought her some tulips yesterday, I'll have you know. Oh, did you? Yes, she loves tulips. Right. She's not a fan of roses. No, they're overpriced. Oh, I know, they're overrated, yeah. um, but no. I have to be a bit careful because a very good friend of mine is actually a florist. and uh, Same here. And he had a, he had a lovely day, <laughs> uh, I'm quite sure. Although I haven't been able to speak to him much at all this week just gone because every time I'd sort of send him a message, it's like, sorry, can't work, can't talk working. And it's like 10.30 at night. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, blimey. It's a busy yeah. time of the year for florists. Well, yeah. they, well uh, on the news again, they reckon it was um, it's the busiest day for florists and restaurants all over the all over the world. Wow. Yes, yes. Well, there we go. And they so, don't put their prices up to reflect that at all. No, no, no. Well, if you wait until the <laughs> shops are about to close on Valentine's Day, you can get some great deals on flowers. Supermarkets are the only yes. way for supermarket flowers. Apparently, that's frowned upon. Maybe that's why you're married and I'm single, but... <laughs> Never mind. Just about married. Yeah. And on that too, needless to say, I'm not a massive fan. I'll tell you, after, after, the, <laughs> after the holiday uh, which, we, which we've just had yes. in Lanzarote, I'm surprised I'm still married because of my um, session with walking to the uh, uh, yes, uh, airport yeah. every morning yes, to, to watch aircraft yes. flying in. Um, <laughs> I have to say, it was it was the, the hotel could not have been such a, in a better place because yeah. of that. I mean, yeah, those of you who listened to the last show mm. know just how close that, uh, yeah. I was to the airport. And it was it was great to see the aircraft yeah, flying. Yeah, I, I said to you before you went out. One of the most bizarre things is literally you you, you land over you land over the water, don't you? So you, you sort of come in. You don't really appreciate until you're actually standing on that beach. You don't yeah. actually appreciate how damn close to the runway you oh, yeah, actually yeah. are. I mean, the runway lights that lead to the threshold of the runway zero three yes. are in the water. They actually on on really? concrete posts <laughs> oh, no. that go out into the sea. You're uh, right. The actual runway, yeah, the lights themselves, which That's is quite scary. interesting. Yes, but yeah. um, no, it, it was it was good. We had a I had a good few days there. Got some Lovely. videos that were on Facebook, yes, obviously, yes, yes. and uh, yeah, saw some really good aircraft, some great yes, aircraft. And when we flew back into Luton on. Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. Um, I happened to catch a glimpse oh. of 
one of EasyJet's new Airbus ah, 319s with the new livery on. Oh, fantastic. Uh, looks really good. Does I it? have to mm. say, it does look really good. Yeah, it looks um, it looked good in the pictures. I mean, uh, yeah. it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's great, yeah, it looked great. really... Still, most of their 320s are all um, yeah. with the old uh, dot-com. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, as we said in last week's episode... They've got rid of the dot com. Mm, uh, yeah. It just says EasyJet along the fuselage with a yeah. slightly different term, sort of stretch orange um, swish along the side. Wow. So it's good. Yeah. So we've got loads of news to get on with this week, loads of great news stories. And yes. uh, we've also got, I think we've got a top 12 this week. Top 12. <laughs> we've, we've gone okay. too better. Oh, We're having a dear. top 12 this week. <laughs> um, so uh, if you're ready, Matt, we'll move on with this week's rundown of the weekly news from around the world, the UK. And uh, the well, everywhere really. So, if you're ready, excellent. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news, then, and it's on the Travel Weekly site. Record number of airline passengers in 2014. Global airline passenger demand rose 5.9% last year with record carryings of 3.3 billion compared to 2013, latest uh, LATA figures show. The performance was above the 10-year average growth rate of 5.6% and the 5.2% growth seen in 2013. Capacity rose 5.6% last year with the result that load factors climbed 0.2% points to 79.7%. More than half the growth in passenger travel occurred on airlines in emerging markets including Asia Pacific and the Middle East. A pickup in Chinese domestic travel, which expanded by about 11% in 2014, helped drive the growth in recent months. LATA Director General and Chief Executive Tony Tyler said, With a 5.9% expansion of demand, the industry outperformed the 10% average growth rate. Carriers in the Middle East posted double-digit growth figures, while results in Africa were barely above the previous year levels. Overall, a record 3.3 billion passengers boarded aircraft last year, some 170 million more than in 2013. Wow. That, I mean, we go, we go over these figures each nearly every week now with, with growing passenger numbers and stuff, Matt. Yeah. And it, it, just, it just shows that we, you know, we're, a lot more people, are, I think, are, are going away mm, or to, yeah. you know, are either on business well, and, and you know, we, we've covered it with um, fuel prices, isn't it? I mean, mm. it is essentially driving down prices, and therefore, more and more, you know, air travel is becoming the way forward. I mean, it's, 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 it's I guess it's inevitable. With well, it'd be interesting to see what happens when sort of fuel prices stabilise and mm. probably start mm. going up again. I mean, it's uh, be interesting to see if that kind of Stuart, Stuart, go away. We're, I should just stress, actually, we are literally, what, a mile away from the airfield yeah, from here? Yeah, literally a mile away. Yeah. yeah, which is why it's a bit sort of busy and noisy. If I, if I turn your microphone up, actually, you'll probably be... Yeah. Yes, there he is. Yes, yes. <laughs> Flying around. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Stuart. Uh, we're hoping to have him on the show, actually, aren't we? We are, we're yeah. We're try, trying to arrange, uh, uh, I think, as I say, because he, he, do, he does it all day, every day. He flies to London and all sorts. So it'll be, the, uh, the trouble is with, with uh, Stuart, we're going to we're gonna get him on the show, yeah. but uh, we're going to have to record on a Friday because, yes. unfortunately, Saturdays and Sundays, if the weather is like it is today, yes. he's, um, he's in the air. He's in the air with, right. um, yeah. with parachutes. So. Yeah, I had to look it up, I'm afraid. It makes me look very inexperienced, but I, you kept saying Lata and I, couldn't, I didn't know who oh. 
where okay, it was. Okay. And it is the Latin American Travel Association. Oh, those what? figures came from. It's just it's very unusual, very naughty of Travel Weekly. They hadn't actually, you know, explained. Said that. I know how rude. <laughs> and, and you know how I like detail. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough about my various foibles. Uh, back uh, sticking with Travel Weekly. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. Um, it is uh, headline uh, is Indian startup airlines eyes international markets. So Vistara, the uh, Indian... Uh, I've never heard of these No, guys. I haven't. Yeah, I was trying to work out. So Vist- Vistara, I-, I hope I'm saying was that it right. Vistara? 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 We'll go with Vistara then. Okay. Vistara, the Indian startup airline formed by India's Tata Group, or Tata, oh, this is not going very well, is it? And Singapore Airlines is eyeing the lucrative market for international travel. A month after its maiden flight, the full-service airline catering for business travellers as well as holidaymakers hopes to tap into the country's rapidly growing international travel market. We have global ambitions, uh, Fee Tel Yoke, chief executive of Vitara's, uh, Vistara's parent company, Tata SIA Airlines, told the Financial Times, we can support regional connectivity and at the same time promote growth in the economy by linking India to the rest of the world. But current uh, rules restrict Indian registered airlines to fly overseas only once they have uh, operated domestic flights for five years and have at least 20 aircraft in their fleet. Vistara and Air, uh, Air Asia India a subsidiary of Malaysian low-class carrier Air Asia, are both pressing for the so-called 5-20 rule to be abolished so that they can start feeding Indian passengers to their foreign parent carriers' international networks. Air Asia India Chief Executive, um, uh, is it Mitu Shandila, I do apologise if I've said that wrong, uh, is... It is an archaic rule uh, which is totally contrary to open skies. Nowhere in the world is there a rule like this. People are crying out for low fares to go abroad for more connect- for more connectivity and more destinations. The Indian government is now considering a gradual phase-out of the 2-50 rule and a system of credits through which airlines can earn the right to fly abroad by going to remote destinations in India. But uh, the chief executive said it's a rule that needs to be abolished in its entirety, not with a, a piecement and a, a piecemeal approach. So Vistara mm-hmm. uh, were founded in 2013. Yeah. Uh, they commenced operations on the 9th of January this right. year, okay. 2015. They have five aircraft in their fleet. Right. All Airbus A320s, and they okay. fly to five destinations so far. Right. But their parent company, as you said, is yeah. uh, Tatar, yeah. and also Singapore Airlines. Yeah. So they've got quite good backing but with sure, Singapore Airlines. But, I mean, surely their experience, you know, with with the, the larger air... I mean, I, part of me kind of understands why they, they've done that, I suppose. If you... <laughs> You you want to make sure that the um, airline is experienced before they start taking their passengers out, you know, mm. on a long haul flight. Basically, I mean that's that's more or less what it's about. But I guess you know, I mean, essentially, it's got Malaysian Airways as its as its, its major contributor contributor and backer. I mean, surely, you know, I mean, mm. their 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 air miles alone should be sufficient that they know what they're doing. Well, they've got. They've all, they've ordered seven A three twenty Neos, right? Uh, Neo yes, being yeah, new yeah. engine option. Oh, so it's an A three twenty with yeah. the new engines okay. to make it more fuel efficient. Right. They've got seven of those on order. Wow. Um, and I'm just saying, it's just looking here at their um, their profile. They're planning to operate eighty seven 
weekly flights linking its hub in Delhi right. to other cities in their wow. first year. That's incredible. It's good. Another new starter airline. Yeah. So moving on to our next story, and this one is on the Business Insider site. And uh, this is something that's, <laughs> that I've always wondered myself. Yeah. Um, I know why they have the signs above your head that illuminate. I know that because that's, that's that is a rule, an FAA rule. Oh. But I've always wondered why they have ashtrays. In the, if, if, for those of you who have wondered why there are ashtrays in the toilets of uh, passenger aircraft, even when there's signs, and they do make announcements saying that mm. uh, anyone caught Must smoking them, yeah. will get a um, uh, thrown out of rather, the window. Yes. Rather nice fine. <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, the the headline then, why aeroplanes still have ashtrays in the bathrooms. Right. So uh, uh, it says here that uh, on, on a recent flight from Dallas to New York, uh, the, uh, the writer here of this piece noted the airplane's bathroom was equipped with several no-smoking signs as well as a convenient ashtray. His first thought was that uh, on a really old plane, since smoking has been banned on US domestic flights since 1990, and curious, he asked the flight attendant about the ashtrays. If someone did decide to light up and then put their cigarette into the, the trash, or the uh, the bin, as we mm. like to call it, um, the trash, is, or the bin, is full of paper products. So the, uh, the chance of a fire would be right. obviously pretty bad. But it turns out that all airlines are required by the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA, Yeah. To attach an ashtray to the bathroom door of every plane. Right. The FAA categorizes bathroom ashtrays as part of each plane's minimum equipment, <laughs> meaning that a broken ashtray must be reported and replaced within three days. Right. In 1973, 223, oh, sorry, 123 passengers died on a Varig flight 820, traveling from Rio de Janeiro to Paris when the cabin of a Boeing 707 filled with smoke from a fire started by a cigarette. The cigarette was thrown away and in the trash receptacle, or the bin, mm. of the aeroplane bathroom, causing a major fire in the rear of the jet. 42 years after the Varig Flight 820 tragedy, here is another reminder of why not dispo- to dispose of trash or cigarettes in the, in the bin. So there we go. Explains that one for you as to why there are um, ashtrays. I mean, I've seen them in there. I mean, uh, yeah. Ryanair have them in their, uh, yeah. in their, in their loos. I mean, surely that needs updating now, doesn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, it's an FAA rule. Um, yeah, that's what. I'm, yeah, so, I, I, but in the same way, so, I mean, you were saying you knew why the um, no smoking um, sign well, had yes. to be. Yeah, I mean, why? Why is why? Why does that have to? Why is that even there? I mean, you're not allowed to smoke in your car or anything. Anymore, I, right? I, I, I mean, that was always my my uh, argument. Was that mm. uh, it's extra weight to have? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not a lot of extra weight, but when uh, you add up, these bulbs, you know, yeah. bulbs yeah. and fittings, uh, fittings above yeah. the heads and stuff. That why? But it is. I mean, as I've researched. Yeah. It's an FAA rule that you have to have a sign that says yeah. no smoking that is illuminated right. through the entire flight. Okay. I mean, I can remember back when I was a child flying, Yeah. when I was sort of five or six years old, yeah, yeah. When, when smoking was allowed. Well, in 12 and 13, I remember when it was allowed. Not and, good. And, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, good. and also, because, I mean, they, they did go out, and they did go off and come on, didn't they? I yeah. Because oh, yeah. you weren't allowed to... To smoke, like, before you took off, you were mm. only allowed to smoke when you were up, and you weren't yep. allowed to smoke while it was descending. Yes, um, yes. But uh, I must admit, it never really bothered me. I've got to be I honest. have to say, on a, on a, <laughs> on a side note from this yeah. story about 
toilets is, mm-hmm. is funny. Going back to my flight home with Ryanair yes. on uh, Wednesday, I have to say it is without question the most dirtiest toilet really? that I've ever, <laughs> no way. ever been in oh, on an dear. aircraft ever. On Ryanair, flight what home. are you doing? I could not, I could not wait to get out. Um, nope. um, yeah, well, it, what, was, <laughs> it was here. It, apart from the fact that, smelt right really really, really bad, bad. Right. um it was so dirty matt honestly really? i could not you can't comprehend how just how dirty that toilet was in that aircraft i mean it had just done a rotation from luton to yeah, yeah, lanzarote to, to and then obviously going, and obviously home, going but... home from lanzarote to back to luton yeah. but you know i could not there, there were obvious away. signs of the fact that it wasn't clean before it left no no it, right. it was mm. terrible i just couldn't believe i said to my wife i said just yeah, don't, don't don't go go to the other end and yeah. also on another funny side note as well there are three toilets yes. on the on the yeah. 737 800 but yeah, Ryanair used one at the front two at the back one of the rear toilets was out of order. Oh no! Yeah, so we only had two uh, two toilets, which ah. may be a contributing factor Fact to why that toilet was, was ruined. So... Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we were talking about the other week about that mm. story about that flight coming back, but coming back because one because toilet, the toilet was, was like, yeah. yeah, not Ryanair. Okay, <laughs> so there we are. Well, that's that's good. Yes, we love Ryanair, don't we? I know. Yes. (laughs) So moving on to our next story then, Matt. This Uh, one's on... uh, Travelweekly.co.uk again. And the headline with this one is Norwegian uh, agrees new charter flights from Gatwick. Uh, Budget carrier Norwegian uh, will fly charter passengers from Gatwick to destinations in Spain, Greece, Italy, Cyprus and Portugal following new deals with major operators. Agreements have been struck with the T. Is it is it TUI? TUI, yeah, T-U-I. they're part of Thomson. Ah, yes, yes yeah, yeah. So agreements have been struck with TUI, Thomas Cook, and Swedish operator Nazar for flights to Mediterranean destinations. Norwegian will also fly holidaymakers to destinations in Spain, Greece, Cyprus, and Turkey from Sweden, Norway, and Finland. The agreements are worth more than four hundred million NOK. NOK, roughly about £34.6 million, and include almost 2,000 flights. Chief Commercial Officer Thomas Ramdahl had uh, said, we are very pleased that we're able to continue to fly charter passengers for TUI, Thomas Cook and Nazar to popular destinations in the Mediterranean. We are looking forward to welcoming even more passengers on board our comfortable and brand new aircraft with free in flight Wi-Fi, <laughs> it's 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 arriving, isn't it? This is this is yeah. what everybody's finally. They're a bit late to the party, actually, aren't they? Yeah, I I, I still I still I can't. Yeah, you know, if they roll this out on the uh, low cost carriers as well, it'd yeah. be interesting to yeah. see what um, yeah. what kind of service you'll yeah, get. Service you'll get yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but I mean, they're, they're but that's what I mean. They're really playing catch up on this issue, though, really, because I mean, I I can do it. I can do it in my coach. And it, I have mm. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is available in my coach to my passengers, and it's been there for about a year now. Does it? Does it matter though? Because you'll know this. Because yes. Matt's obviously Mister Mister IT. Yes. If you've if you've got a, a wireless router that's in a bus or a yes. or, or, an or aircraft or, aircraft, or whatever, yeah, yeah. and you've got 180 passengers, yes. or you've got 49 or 53 mm-hmm. or how many yep. your coach carry. If if all of those 53 people are logged in and using yes. that Wi-Fi, yeah. Does it make everything slow? Um, yes, or? is the short answer to that question. There are there are things you can do 
to do that. Uh, the in such configurations, you have what they call um, caching systems. You've probably mm. come across the way. And I don't mean physical money. I mean it's a, <laughs> a system that basically uh, takes copies, if you like, of uh, sites that people visit regularly. Mm. You're not going to be able to sit there and stream a YouTube video unless there's a small amount of people using it all at the same time. I mean, it's again, it's all going to depend on the kind of bandwidth that you can that you can sort of pull out of the sky, basically, and it depends on how they're going to do it. So, so the systems on board these aircraft that yeah. have Wi-Fi must be pretty huge routers, then. Yeah, I mean, they're not your average route. I mean, most your domestic router at home will allow, I think, up to twenty concurrent connections at any one mm. time. Um, you can get industrial versions of that. I mean, it's just it's the same technology. It's just much much bigger. That's all. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to depend very much on what method they use to pull the data stream out of the sky um and i mean it's difficult you can't really do it with satellites if it's an airplane i was supposing you know, i suppose you can have the if, you, if they put the dish on the because mm. you can get these fancy ones can't you that the, but it'd have to be outside and i don't know what how, how yeah that they, i mean the so, aircraft have they have satellite obviously um yeah tra- uh, receivers on and, and they're kind of a, yeah, a lump on receiving, top of the yeah. um fuselage but yeah. uh no, hive information as always. Yeah, indeed. Sorry. Definitely, I'll, definitely. I'll, I'll be quiet. I was just looking as well at Norwegians um, yeah. on their thing. At Norwegian, they've, they've got um, 84 of those 737 800s. Right. That's the same um, as Gosh. what Ryanair have got. Um, but they only, owe, they only own 42 of the 84. So the, the rest are on lease. 42 hive. owned, 42 leased. Right, yeah. um, but they do have seven, um, seven 787 Dreamliners in service. Oh, cool. And, and are they theirs or are they on lease? Um, let's have a look here. There, Sorry, I'm asking you very unfair questions <laughs> while we're on the fly. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's that's why I'm here. Yes, yes. Uh, the seven eight sevens are owned. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's the same. They, so they're, they they're own, leased. Yeah, leased yeah. and and some of them are owned. Okay. Some of them are leased half and half. I guess if 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 you're a if you're a new airline, if you're trying to sort of you know, I, I guess at least you're minimising your your initial commitment by leasing it, and then if you find mm. if you find that you've got several routes that aren't making money, you you can you haven't had to buy an aircraft if you like to 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 sort of try it, see if it works. Plus, we like leasing a car. Yeah. If it goes wrong, yes, you take it back. Excuse me, this plane does not work. Yes, yes. take it back. Take it back. Mend it, please. <laughs> exactly. So, moving on to our next story, business traveller website, this one. Uh-huh. And Qantas launches an upgrade bidding system. Bidding this is quite system? interesting. What Qantas. Like eBay? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to buy this plane, please. Uh, or bidding on a first class yeah. ticket and get, will, it, and get it for 20 yeah. quid. I will offer you one pound. Yes. <laughs> Qantas are launching an upgrade bidding system for members of its Qantas Frequent Flyer Loyalty Club. Mm-hmm. Bid now. Upgrades is an online invitation-only facility that allows members booked in economy and premium economy to make an offer for a business upgrade using a combination of cash and Qantas points. <laughs> the Australian carrier has said that uh, bid now upgrades will be allow- allocated after all points-only classic upgrade rewards have been processed. In a statement, they said that the new system ranks below classic upgrade rewards in terms of priority and value, but gives members the flexibility to uh, supplement points with cash payment. The system will be rolled out gradually across the Qantas network from this week. 
Members invited to take part will receive an emailed invitation seven days before departure asking them to make an offer that must be a minimum of 3,000 points for a domestic upgrade and 5,000 points for an international upgrade. A minimum dollar amount will also be required, and the airline said, Members can cancel or modify their private bids at any point up till 24 hours before departure. But uh, winning bidders will be notified by email approximately one day before departure, and unsuccessful bidders will keep their original seat and be charged nothing. So basically, so what they're saying is that if you've brought an economy ticket, you can go online a few days before and bid on a business class or first class ticket mm-hmm. um use your points your frequent flyer points plus a few quid or a few pounds of your of your money yeah um i think it's a good idea i mean i'd like the ability to be able to bid for a business class seat i think that'd be good definitely good yeah. and how, how many do you need you need to say you need to have Quite at least a few a points yeah or three th- yeah three three thousand points i mean i don't know how long it takes you to accumulate three thousand points um, right. I don't know how the Qantas Air Miles scheme works. Perhaps Steve and Grant, Steve Grant, perhaps you'd know well, how their scheme works um, with um, points. Um, I'm trying to work out. So I looked it up while, while you were talking about just in, in I know, know, I know how Emirates, many... Emirates have their awards scheme, Emirates Sky, yeah. Sky Awards, and you get a point per mile um, of, with the Emirates one. Yeah, um, which we're we're me and my wife are members of. Yeah, because um, we're very close to um, to our our free flight at the moment, which is good. Oh, really? Mm. Well, to give you a, a rough idea then with Qantas, each each Qantas flight frequent fi- flyer point is worth roughly anything between 2.8 and 5.89 cents each. Really? So they're worth about three between 3 and 4 cents each, essentially. Blimey. <laughs> So that's not a huge amount. So that's probably why you need three thousand of them to even qualify for this particular system. Well, there we are. So, so maybe a while before you're able to do something similar yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On to the next. On story, to the next then. story. This is Travel Weekly again. Uh, Thomas Cook reports robust UK trading in the first quarter. Thomas Cook cut its uh, cut its first quarter winter losses by 42% to 73 million pounds. Europe's second largest travel group saw losses reduced by 53 million pounds against the same period a year earlier. Like for like revenue was up by 1.6% or 24 million pounds to 1519 million. Uh, Cook reported robust trading in the UK with a significant increase in bookings for both winter and summer. Overall trading was described as being in line with expectations with the current winter programme 85% sold, broadly in line with last year's figures. The summer 2015 programme is is 41% sold, a 3, 3% improvement on this time last year, with UK bookings 5% higher with prices 1% lower. The UK business continued to show improved profitability with an increase in like-for-like earnings of £7 million in the three months to December the 31st. This was down to an enhanced product uh, offering Uh, including a high proportion of concept hotels and long-haul destinations combined with cost cuts. 
Bookings via the main UK website, thomascook.com, rose by 24% for December alone uh, and was um, by 10% for the actual quarter. Uh, however, the removal of other low-margin hotel-only business has led group uh, web penetration to remain at 38% over the last 12 months. The UK margin improved to 3.7% over the last 12 months from 2.3%, reflecting the impact of operational improvements, including cost-out initiatives and better product, uh, Thomas Cook said. The company said trading conditions in continental Europe and parts of northern Europe have been tougher than the UK, although there has been a significant improvement in recent weeks. Turkey and the Canary Islands continue to be the most popular destinations. Volumes to Egypt are improving and the US is growing strongly driven by new routes. Airlines, Germ uh, Airlines Germany was describing as performing well. Uh, especially in the long-haul segment with uh, impact of strong competition evident in the short and medium-haul market. Chief Executive Peter Falkhauser, Falk, Falk I want to say. Peter, Falk, Peter Fank. Fankhauser. Fankhauser, thank Fankhauser. you. I, I put my teeth in this morning, I'm struggling. Uh, who took over from Harriet Green last autumn said, Our performance in the quarter demonstrates the strong progress we continue to make in transforming Thomas Cook. We are particularly pleased with the performance of our UK business, which is now achieving its highest underlying EBIT margin since 2009. While a group level, while at a group level, we have nearly halved our first quarter operating loss. Although it's early days, our strategy for profitable growth through new products and winter sun is delivering results. The trading environment in many of our markets continues to be tough, but we believe the measures we are taking to improve our business will continue to strengthen our competitive position. Our strategy remains to generate sustainable profitable growth by providing differ differentiated and exclusive holidays while driving efficiencies in production and distribution underpinned by digital excellence. I'm confident that our focus on rigorous implementation will continue to drive significant improvements in the group's performance. Now, Thomas Cook. Yes. They have a fleet size of 30 aircraft. Right. Not as, I thought there was a lot more yeah. than that. Um, you seem to see them everywhere, yeah. don't you? Yeah. I mean, they were flying into Lanzarote yeah. all the time. Mm. Um, they've got a really nice new livery because they used to have a blue coloured with yeah. Thomas Cook mm. along the, in blue letters. But now it's kind of a, um, a sort of a, a grey tail with a with a yellow love heart, mm -hmm. Thomas right. Cook. Um, but uh, just looking, yeah, they've got uh, – it's a mostly Airbus fleet. They've got A321s. Yeah. And which is a stretch longer version yeah. of the A320, uh, and they've also got uh, four Airbus A330s, uh, one of which is being delivered to the company um, in 2015, hmm. and they're leasing that from uh, Air Tanker Services. Um, they used to have 757s many moons ago. Yeah, um, they also have three seven six seven three hundred ERs uh, yeah. which they are leasing to the uh, German airline Condor for the winter season yeah um but no it's uh, I mean it's a, it's a it's a well-known aircraft here in the uh, airline here in the UK yeah um and they currently fly to 95 destinations 95 yep gosh. and one of those with is Lanzarote, Lanzarote. <laughs> yeah. with with only a fleet of air, uh, 30 aircraft that's, yeah yeah they're, yeah they're busy planes then they are very busy yeah. aircraft yeah so moving on to yeah. our next story. Uh, this one is on the ITV News mm -hmm. website. Yeah. And uh, this story is regarding an airport that I flew home into Wednesday mm -hmm. 
And you also yes, flew yeah. from earlier on uh, last month, didn't you? Won't be doing that again. No, nor will I. No. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not. So, uh, and uh, this, this story doesn't surprise me because yeah. uh, judging by how the airport was, yeah. when we flew from there a few weeks ago, mm. blimey. Mm. Uh, record passenger numbers at London Luton Airport. So, and the number of people using Luton Airport in January was up more than 11% on the same time last year. During 2014, more than 10.5 million passengers flew via Luton. Managers at the airport say they've added 15 new destinations last year and 11 are being added this year, including flights to New York starting at the end of April. £100 million is being spent expanding Luton Airport it needs that, Mm -hmm. which will increase their capacity to 18 million passengers by 2026. In a statement, he said that in 2015, it will be a pivotal year for us as we embark on transforming the airport for our passengers, staff and airline partners. Increasing numbers of passengers are choosing Luton for its easy access from London and the surrounding regions and the great value air services on offer. The transformation of the airport will continue to attract new airlines, new routes, and more passengers, ensuring LA, LA, Luton, London Luton Airport becomes a leading airport for London Luton and the surrounding regions. I don't really have a massive problem. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a massive problem with Luton. I, I disagree with that quite strongly. It's not a very easy airport to get to. No, definitely it, not. Not it, from our end of the No, not woods. from here. It's in, a, it's in a weird location as far. Mm. I mean, you have to sort of go right through. You can't sort of go round Luton and get to it. You have to sort of more or less go, go right through, through Luton. It. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you were trying to go at a peak time, that, that that's not great. I mean, we were going at silly o'clock in the morning. It yeah. wasn't a problem for us. I, I, I've got to be honest. My biggest issue with it is the distance from departures to the departure gate. I mean, it's a 15-minute walk. walk. Yeah. Now, it's you yeah. know, all right, for you and I, that's fantastic. It's not a problem. 15, 15 minutes is not a problem. Yeah. Um, but for my mum, who's got limited mobility, mm. can't really do those kind of things. And that there's, there's no help available. You, you can't, you know, unless you've booked in advance, you can't sort of ask them, you know, to sort of help, help you get there's no There's no way. It's just, I, I mean... Uh, Gatwick is a similar thing. It's a very, very long distance between departures and, and you have, uh, the gate. But you have travelators. Travel yes. Now, I mean, if, if anybody there is listening, I don't, you know, fingers crossed, uh, <laughs> try and think of, just, just try and bear in mind the fact that for, for a lot of people, that distance from where departures, and I guess it's because of the layout of the airport and it's you say it's evolved much, it's, much it's faster. It's airline than based as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. If you, if you, for us, when yeah. we flew with Thompson yeah. a few weeks ago, we, our walk to our gate from yeah. departures was four minutes, five minutes, uh, if that. But if you're flying Ryanair, Ryanair yeah, so. you've got to walk a uh, lot further. Yeah. yeah. But it must have been just shy of a mile. It probably is, yeah. By the time you... You know, it's probably, what, three quarters of a mile mm. from from there. And it's, there must be a better... There must be an easier way mm. of if you are... Whether you're just being punished because you're using a low-cost airline as opposed to, you know, say someone like Thompson, you know. Two things. Yeah. First thing, when we flew from there a few weeks ago, it the my biggest bugbear of the airport was that mm. there was nowhere to sit in a departure lounge. And because I mean nowhere. Or there's not enough seating. No. Nowhere no. near enough seating at all. Uh, most people were sitting either on the floor or yeah. in flower beds and stuff. That's not good. Um, and 
the one set of the toilets was out of action. Oh, my goodness. Uh, one end of the departure <laughs> zone, which meant the other end... Actually, no, they were out of action when we were there. Yeah. They're obviously upgrading them, I think. And do you know what amused me? Is it outside all of their service functions, sort of the yeah. toilets and the, and the, and the baggage recline? Yeah. They have these little, these little standalone Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, How buttons. happy are you with How the service? How <laughs> are you with the service? And you have a, a, I am not. a green, an amber, and yeah. a red, I yeah. think it was, button you push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had one of these standing outside the gents' toilets when I was there. Oh. And everyone was walking past, and it was like beep red, red beep red, beep red. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I pushed a red as well. Yeah, um, and I just thought, you know, and then when you want to sit down, because obviously you've got to wait for your, your gate to become available. Yeah, and there's nowhere to sit. No, no, um, no it's, a, it's an issue, and it's a yeah. it's a huge, huge yeah. issue. Um, the second thing I have to say as well um, about uh, Luton, though, on a plus point, right? Yeah, is that their security. Was very efficient. Very efficient. Yeah. I mean, they were searching many, many bags, yeah. and I had a complete and utter pat down search. Yeah. A good three yeah. or four minute search for me, yeah. pat down. They um, obviously, I must have looked like um, a strange chap. Indeed. Um, yes. But they were patting me down, <laughs> checking my legs and yes. you know everything, in my pockets. Yeah. And uh, I, I do when I look at you, I do immediately think terrorist. That's exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> But they 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 were very. I mean, they they had one of our hand luggage bags. Yeah. They had that open. They yeah. wanted to see everything. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, laptop, uh, mm. which I had with me, and uh, everything and, yeah. and stuff. And they they wanted to see it all. Mm. So on that yeah. side of things, very very strict, very yeah. strict. But uh, yeah, yeah, not good. Yeah, I I, I think as I said, in their defence, if if there can be such a thing with that, I guess it has grown so much faster than they expected. Uh, and that may be why they're they're a bit on the drag with regard to these these improvements. But they, mm. they, they've got to they've got to do it fast. Yeah, I think otherwise, I think they're going to find actually that their their passenger numbers are going to crash. Because I, I unless I really 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 have to, and I'm almost given a holiday for free, I don't think Luton will ever be my <laughs> choice of airport. No. Um, as I say, we were go- we left at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, sorry, we left here at midnight. We arrived in Luton at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was very very early. We were able to get a seat so that Mum had somewhere to sit. I mean, it was you know, it's it, I'm, mm. we didn't experience that, but we did both remark that what on earth this must be like in the height of summer. Summer, yeah. Uh, can is it just oh, it just sounds horrific. Anyway, by the by, oh. enough about Luton Airport. Yes, on to the on next story to so a slightly bigger airport. It this is one. slightly bigger, yes, and and uh, it's uh, Travel Weekly again. Headline is Gatwick has busiest ah. Gatwick has busiest ever January, with numbers up by 5.5%, which is not bad at all. Um, The number of passengers using Gatwick rose by 5.5% to 2.3 million last month to give the the airport its busiest ever January. The additional 124,000 passengers handled gave the airport its 23rd successive month of growth. Long-haul transatlantic... Uh, grew by 11.4% year-on-year, mainly due to the Norwegian low-cost flights to New York and Los Angeles, which were introduced last summer. Dubai traffic was up by 12.3% following Emirates bringing on line an Airbus A380 onto the Gatwick route last month. Paris, Amsterdam and Copenhagen were the top European destinations as overall scheduled and charter numbers grow by 98,600 passengers. Turkey attracted an additional 5,000 passengers over January last year, an increase of 19.8%. Overall traffic movement at Gatwick rose by 138 in the month 
following uh, more efficient use of its single runway. Uh, Chief Financial Officer Nick Dunn said, as the world's busiest single runway airport, we are achieving great things and our continued investment in optimising every aspect of both the passenger experience and the operation of the airport continues to pay off. The pattern of growth is set to continue, but but it will come at a price and we will struggle to meet demand in future years. When looking at airport expansion, only Gatwick can deliver the economic benefit and the extra capacity the UK needs at an environmental cost it can afford. Gatwick expansion will also deliver more competition between airports serving London and the UK, as well as greater competition with airlines, offering passengers more choice and helping keeping airfares lower. Now, they've recently had a request because uh, they 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 want another runway, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. For They've been trying for a long while, for a long, long time, mm. and and uh, planning permission does keep getting turned down. Um, I'm I'm just I don't know. I I, I just I, I can see both sides of the argument, but you know, uh, unless they do something about the way that that regional airports are managed, maybe I mean maybe that's the answer. Is not having bigger airlines is just make the local airports better. Surely that's mm. that's more frequent flights. I think yeah. from from local yeah. airports would be a good idea. Well, it's not. But that. I do, I do love Gatwick. I love flying from Gatwick. Yeah, though, I'm not admit. a massive fan of Gatwick. I, I prefer it over Heathrow, mm. but I'm afraid it is standard for me all, all <laughs> yeah. the time with that question. <laughs> and it's not just the distance. I mean, it is handy. It's only an hour and a half from here. Yeah. Um, but that isn't that isn't the main focus. I don't think it is just a nicer. I quite like the fact a that it's all on one level. Um, you know, and it isn't that. And it fun. looks nice. It does look nice. Yes, yeah, it does. <laughs> and they've just true. they've just got they've just fin- have they just finished their their um their expansion type program? Yeah, thing at yeah. Well, the security, they they yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot more efficient than it was now. But I think I think again they learned quite a lot of lessons from from Luton and things. So moving on to yeah. our next story, the Cornish Guardian. This one, <laughs> and the, uh, the what now? Cornish Gun. Now, this is a story I picked uh, picked yesterday. I found this one, mm. and um, I think it's really good news. Mm. I think it's one that I wouldn't mind trying. Mm. So, Flyby announces new daily flights from Newquay to Stansted for this summer. All right. Um, passengers will be able to fly daily from Newquay to London Stansted this summer, as Flyby announces eight additions to its peak time schedule. The airline has announced it will fly daily between the two airports from May the 16th to September the 29th. Mm. Paul Simmons, Flybe's chief commercial officer, said, we are pleased to add these additional flights to this uh, new leisure route. Bolstering connectivity between the regions is a key aim at Flybe. New key Cornwall Managing Director Al Tittering... Titter- Titterington said uh, Flybe's decision to increase its standard service to a daily frequency will further enhance the connectivity to its new destination and an unserved area to the northeast of London. It offers uh, accessibility to Cornwall by air to those leisure travellers who would not normally fly. The increased capacity will also offer greater flexibility for those passengers looking for a short break. One-way fares are available from twenty nine ninety nine, and booking good. is available at www.flyby.com. Flyby's 2015 summer schedule to and from Newquay features seven routes with a choice of up to 92 flights a week. Oh, I think that's, that's a great route. I, I have great. never been to Newquay, but now I know they fly from Stansted and for 30 quid. I love, I love Newquay. 
I mean, thirty you, quid. Could you, you drive from here no, no, or, no. to to Newquay for twenty nine ninety nine? I mean, you possibly could, but it'd be more fun to fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. true. I don't know. I mean, it's probably yeah. It is cheaper. Uh, I, I guess the only issue is by the time you've got from here to Stansted, because it, pro- it probably cost you about eighty quid. I would say it cost you a couple of tanks of diesel. I would say to go to Newquay and back. So, but by the time by the time you've factored in the fact that you've got to get to and from Stansted, I, I guess you're not far away. You're not far away from uh, from that kind of thing. But it is going to be a much more relaxing experience than driving all that way. I mean, the minute you get involved in the A30 down there, ugh, it's just enough to make you want to give up on life. Frankly, yes, definitely. <laughs> but no, it's good news. I I I love Newquay. I I used to go to I used to go to Newquay. Um, Every year for my holiday, when when I first started to drive. Oh, ah, so the next story then, yes, indeed. especially for you, this one, Matt. You're gonna, uh, this. I picked this one because you? I knew this would impress Matt no end. Oh, indeed. Okay, so this is. I haven't read this one. I've been very naughty. I haven't proofread all my stories this, this week. That this is the Telegraph, and I love uh, this. this story is. Oh my goodness me! Right, okay. Pensioner travels from Lanzarote to Liverpool using a bus pass. Retired teacher John Williams tells tells the story. This is in the Telegraph, as I say, of how he used a photocopy of his bus pass to board Ryanair flight from Spain to the UK after his passport was stolen. A retired teacher travelled from Lanzarote to Liverpool without passport by showing a photocopied pass bus pass as an ID document. John Williams was packing to return home from a family holiday when he found his passport had been stolen from the hotel room safe. He reported the crime to the police and then took his family to the airport thinking he would have to fly home another time. The 65-year-old told the Ryanair check-in desk what had happened and was initially advised to contact the British consulate for a temporary passport. Mr Williams from... Uh, from Liverpool asked uh, if the airline would take alternative identification and was told uh, it would be considered. He then phoned his niece back in England and arranged for her to email a photocopy of his bus pass to Ryanair's desk. He said, I pointed out that the bottom of the bus pass says given out by Her Majesty's service. I was trying to trying everything to get back using the flight I pla- I'd already booked. She phoned through to her supervisor and said it was okay, I was made up. But the bus pass raised a few eyebrows at passport control in England. I should blooming well hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Mr Williams added, when I got back to Liverpool, they were absolutely (laughs) furious and said, how did you get back on just this? They were laughing as well, though. Yeah, I bet they were. Uh, It was not only a bus pass, but a photocopy of a bus pass. I wouldn't even get on a bus with that. Mr Williams, who flew back to Liverpool last Thursday after a holiday with his partner and two children, says when he arrived, he was asked to fill in a form and told that his old passport would be blocked. No. I don't know where to begin to start with this. Hello, mother. (laughs) Hello, mum. Yes, I thought thought this was such a good story. I I look forward to mum getting her bus pass, actually, because then we can fly... Fly, fly to and from wherever it is. Sorry, it's a, mum's looking very confused. A gentleman has just flown from Lanzarote back to. Uh, hang on, just open the door. So there, say hello, mother. Oh, hello, mother. hello. Uh, <laughs> and Alfie, and of Alfie course. the dog. Uh, yes, somebody's just flown back from Lanzarote to um, Luton. Was it Luton or was it? Um, oh no, Liverpool. Liverpool on the on a photocopy of their bus pass. No. 
I know. Yes. I know. Really? You, you, you couldn't write these things, could you? Really? You couldn't. Yeah. If you or I tried to get away. No, absolutely not. Write. No, indeed. Yes. Yes. I, I can't believe. It. As I say, so well, hurry up and get one. I think is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> when your passport expires. <laughs> No, okay. She, she doesn't look impressed, does she? No, I know. No, I'll be quiet. Yes. So, moving on. Yes, indeed, yes. Before we all get really furious. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Alfie. Oh, Alfie. <laughs> We've got a dog loose in the studio. Indeed, absolutely. Yes. Oh, well, let him let him wander. It'll be fine. So, the uh, next news story then. <laughs> Air Transport World site, this one. Right. Uh, British Airways wins CAA approval to use Boeing's ELBs on the 787s. What's the ELB? They are the electronic logbook. Oh, okay. oh right. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So British Airways has become the first airline uh, to get the go-ahead to use Boeing's electronic logbook, or ELB, cool. to eliminate paper technical logs on its 787 Dreamliner fleet. Wow. The carrier secured operational approval from the UK Civil Aviation Authority, the CAA, to use the ELB, which runs on the aircraft's electronic flight bag and mm. onboard server. To collect flight data and crew observed fault input, sharing that information with the ground base technicians and maintenance systems while the aircraft is still en route. Developed in partnership with Ultramain Systems, ELB, facilitates communication between flight crew, cabin crew and ground base maintenance and engineering staff so that ground crews equipped with the necessary parts and documentation can be waiting at the gate to initiate maintenance work as soon as the aircraft lands. BA's Engineering 787 Fleet Chief Stephen Freewin said, We work closely with Boeing and used our shared expertise and knowledge of the 787's full technology capabilities in order to receive the approval from the CAA. So there we go. Mm. Another good... I mean, that's that's good. That saves weight again. It's very, well, I mean, we, we covered it before. I mean, I, again, I, I can't believe it hasn't been done already, really. So that's uh, more technology in, on the flight deck now. Ah, you see, excellent. Yeah. I think I think because they were good. really lacking in technology. Mm. Obviously, oh on well, the flight yeah, deck. yeah. <laughs> I mean, on the seven eight seven, you know. I mean, what's a head up display? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's one of those? Yeah. Oh, Who yeah. needs one of those? Who needs one yeah, of those? Yeah. Um, no, I think I think that's great. I mean, uh, I think a lot of it. I mean, loads of airlines are following suit now, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, I'm just these... amazed with, with something that is so so reliant on data. Um, that there is such a manual element to it, even in this day and age. Mm. And it does seem very archaic that you're writing it, filling it in on forms. Somebody's putting it into a database as soon as the information arrives back in, back at base. I, ha- I have you to know, say... I, why, why wasn't it been doing on the fly in the first place? I don't think they'll ever get rid of paper and pen. Right. I don't think that'll ever fully disappear from. Um... Yeah, no, see, this is where you and I disagree because yeah. I think it will. I think it will. I mean, the, I mean, the paperless office was always a myth, wasn't mm. it? I mean, yeah. they sort of look, this paperless office and e-paper and things like <laughs> that. But I mean, I, I do. I just do. Th- I, I just. I don't understand why when you've got things like fingerprint. You know, with, in regard to a, yeah. to a signature, essentially, I, I just don't understand why why it's why people are still manually killing. You know, keying in forms is just bizarre. Just bizarre. So next story. Next story, uh, Flight Global, this one. And it's Transavia reveals or reveals order for up to 20 737s. Air France KLM Group's low-cost operator, Transavia, is ordering up to 20 Boeing 737-800s. The company has disclosed that the uh, agreement comprises of 17 firm and three optioned aircraft. All 737-800s are fitted with the CFM International CFM-56 power plants. Now, what's one of those? CFM-56. They're very, very, very popular. Yeah, engines, right? Used um, 
on the on the seven eight on the seven three seven. Sorry. Cool. Um, very popular pack. Been in been in production now for quite a few years. Right. Very reliable engine. Cool. Um, efficient, presumably. Very efficient. Yeah. 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 Anyway, delivery of the uh, jets will start in January 2016 and continue to 2018, says Air France KLM Group. They will support the growth of Transavia's French division and the development of its Dutch operation. Air France KLM has been intending to expand Transavia's reach across Europe, but the plan has been reined in following an industrial dispute last year. Our leisure activity is growing rapidly and is a major driver for the group, says Air France KLM Chief uh, Alexandre de Junac. Transavia operates from six bases in France and the Netherlands uh, with a fleet of 45 aircraft, exclusively 737s. Boeing says that the order worth $1.6 billion at catalogue prices was already included on its books attributed to an undisclosed customer. So that's good news for Boeing, eh? It is. Another, Another big order. Uh, from an from so, no, from so, so the um the 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 seven three seven that's the slightly smaller, isn't it? That's the that's the eight hundred. That's the, that's the as to put it in the easier verse for you. That's the Ryanair size. Right. Aircraft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's it's probably one of uh, Boeing's most popular versions of the seven three seven. The eight hundred. The eight hundred's yeah. been a hugely popular aircraft. I mean, most of Ryanair's are all uh, of Ryanair's yeah, are eight hundreds. Uh, I mean, there is a nine hundred series which is yeah. very popular in the US. Yeah. Uh, which is slightly longer, holds a few more people. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've got the seven three seven Max coming soon, cool. hopefully yeah. in a few years' time. So. On Next, to something that you yes, like very the, much. Yeah, the last... It's, it's top 10 time. But it's not, because this not. time, it's a top 12. Top 12, <laughs> right. So our last story, then, <laughs> is a top 12. Right, and okay. it is the top 12 recent airline collapses. Really? So it's, it's I know, it's a kind of... It's, <laughs> Bad news, it's everyone. A, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Bad well, news, everyone. Your holidays were ruined, but we have a top 12 about it, so it's yeah. all right. <laughs> we'll sing a song at the end. Oh, will we? Okay. Oh, it'll lovely. cheer yeah. everyone up. Yeah, little Frank Sinatra, maybe. It, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a top 12, then, of, of airlines that, uh, unfortunately, right. very sadly, have collapsed. Right. Um, so we'll start at number... Number 12. So number 12, then, it's World Airways, um, a huge carrier... Um, the freight carrier that uh, ceased operations in 2014. They're a US freight carrier, and World Airways has the distinction of being probably the oldest, having originally launched in 1948. Wow. The Boeing, or the MD-11 operator, had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in November 2013, but gave up the fight and lifted wheels for the last time in March uh, last year. Um, world's collapse came a few months after the parent global aviation filed for bankruptcy protection. Um, it's a shame. It's very good. It's a shame. It's a massive uh, mm. cargo. I've, I, I've seen these flying to Stansted before right. over, the, over the few years, but uh, sad one, that one. Yeah. At number? Number 11. Number 11, People Express, one I haven't heard of, flying from Newport News, Williamsburg International Norway. Airport yeah. <laughs> in the US to East Coast destinations in New Orleans. Um, but sadly, for People Express, um, the operation proved troublesome. And in September, less than three months after starting operations with three Boeing 737-400s operated by Vision Airlines, 
One of the aircraft was hit by a ground service truck while another was suffering maintenance problems. Oh, and by November, um, the airport <laughs> evicted it, uh, evicted the airline uh, over $100,000 of unpaid passenger facility charges. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. So unfortunately, People Express is uh, no more. It did, yes, it collapsed uh, rather dramatically. And number 10. Number 10, Go. Many tourists uh, claims to feel the magic in Hawaii, but warm alohas and cool Mai Tais weren't enough for the inter-island carrier, Go, which operated high-frequency services between Hilo, Honolulu, Kahului, Kona and Lehui with Bombardier CRJ regional jets. Um, flown on behalf of its uh, behalf by its parent Mesa Airlines, uh, Mesa called a stop to go on the first of April two thousand and fourteen. Beautiful pronunciation there. Thank you, thank you. And at number nine, number nine, PAL Airlines, P A L or Papa Alpha Lima Airlines. The Chilean charter specialist offered an ad hoc contract services to groups, sports teams, and tour operators throughout Latin America. Reports in May 2014 pointed to a merger with a charter carrier one tsunami, but the deal never happened. And by the end of May, the Chilean Directorate General uh, of Civil Aviation had suspended PAL due to a failure to comply with certification requirements. The suspension was lifted on June the 12th, but uh, was back in force on August the 8th over unpaid fees and taxes. <laughs> Flying ended for PAL on the 21st of August last year, and PAL is now a ground handling and tourist charter broking business. It's a bit of a shame, really. Obviously, they sort of, they sort of felt they'd sort of venture into it a bit, and it hasn't mm, worked out. hasn't worked out. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight, Gambia Bird. Up-and-coming Africa was not without casualties. In 2014, as the year closed, Gambia Bird closed too, at least until further notice. The airline didn't give a specific reason for the decision or indicated uh, when it hopes to resume flights, but the announcement coincided with indications of unrest in Banjul, the country's capital. I like that. The airline didn't give a specific reason. Is it because you were bankrupt? Oh, it possibly could be. <laughs> Number seven. Number seven. It is Aeroflot's low-cost carrier. That didn't last long. So it's, it's good, sorry, it's going to be a disaster. Aero, oh, it, no. looks like Aero, it looks like Aeroflop. Aeroflot's a low-cost carrier didn't last long. Services were launched on the 10th of June 2014 and stopped on the 4th of August. Oh, wow. <laughs> at least, uh, at least party, partly to blame were EU sanctions against Russia over its role in the bloody turmoil in the Ukraine and annexation of Crimea, where Dobrolet served Simropol four times daily from Moscow, Shiromaterial, Evo, Mm-hmm. Yes. Sanctions hit uh, its ability to lease Boeing 737s and Aeroflot's apparently ditched plans to restart operations as Dobrolet Plus. It's uh, definitely minus Dobrolet. That's Dobrolet Airlines, that one. Russian. Who? I know. A lot of these I haven't actually... Oh, this one I've heard of. Oh, so, at number... Number six. Number six, Air One. The Alitalia subsidiary was relaunched as a smart carrier during the former Italian flag carrier's reorganisation back in 2008. Billed as a low-fare, high-quality option for domestic and regional routes from Milan, Malpensa and later from new hubs at Pisa and Venice, the end came in 2014, although at the time Alitalia said it wasn't saying the airline was being closed, so watch for signs of life in the summer of 2015 scheduled. 
In any case, Alitalia strongly rejected local media reports suggesting that Etihad Airways demanded closure of Air One as a precondition of its recent $1.76 billion investment in the group. Wow. wow. So at number five. Number five, Tiger Air Mandala. So more plane in Indonesia's brutality competitive domestic market. Tiger Air, the Singapore Airlines controlled low cost carrier, had brought a one third stake in Mandala back in 2012 at a time when it had been grounded for a year owing to financial difficulties. But the reviewed Mandala suffered from what, in retrospect, looked like terminal troubles, including a lack of good slots at Jakarta's Sokarno-Hatta airport. Tiger Air had already cut its losses and run from its Philippine arm and heavy losses of $223 million, including charges of $21.4 million against the Australian and Mandalay operations for its financial year end of March. It led to a change of management and in July 2014, the end of Tiger Air's Indonesian adventure. So that's Mandala. It's a bit that of one. a collapse really, isn't it? They're, 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 they are some hardcore losses they are, aren't they? they? Are. Yeah. <laughs> Number four. Number four, it's Merpati or Merpati, Nusantra Airlines. Mm-hmm. A cash crunch grounded the Indonesian state-owned airline in February 2014. Then the news got worse. Routes were offered to rivals and government reported detailed mismanagement and a deal to buy Exxon MA60 turboprops was branded corrupt, if such a thing can be imagined. By July last year, Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database was showing 13 MA60s and 20 other types in Mapati's storage. Repeated attempts to restructure salvage uh, the airline have failed miserably, and in July 2013, Indonesian government floated the option of selling the airline to strategic investors without success. So that's uh, Mapati mm, Nusantra Airlines. So Indeed, a bit of a mouthful. Number three. I like this name. Air Mandalay. <laughs> the My, Myanmar-based I, 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 carrier. I feel I need to dance. I know, Mandalay. Can't <laughs> say, yeah. Andale. Andale, no, yeah, Mandalay. Mandalay. <laughs> yeah. So the My, Myanmar-based carrier temporarily ceased flying December 2014 with an optimistic eye on getting back into the air later this month. Tax issues apparently stood in its way of its bid to import two used Embraer ERJ-145s and an ATR-72-500 for domestic services. Meanwhile, an ATR-72-200 and a 42-300 line storage awaiting scrappage and another oh, no. 70 ATR-72-300 could be put back into service. So that's Air Mandalay. Oh, no, you don't like that word, do you? Aeroplane and scrappage, all in the same ah, sentence. Very distressing. No, I know. Scrappage is horrible. Um, Um, Now, I thought this would be number one, but it's not. It's actually number two. So number two, an airline we featured a few episodes back, then Mm. Cyprus Airways. Mm. Uh, So to kick off 2015, the Cypriot government decided uh, on an immediate termination to the flight program of its beleaguered flag carrier after the European Commission ruled that it must repay huge sums in illegal state aid. Meanwhile, passengers with tickets won't be out of pocket. The state will assume the entire cost of alternative flights, says the government. Ouch. Agreed. (laughs) Yes, Cyprus Airways. That's a shame. That was a shame. And finally, at number one. At number one, then, Eurolot. Who? (laughs) Okay. The turboprop flying affiliate of Poland's LOT, or L-O-T, flag Mm -hmm. carrier, has suffered on several fronts. Changing its fleet from ATRs to Q400s proved challenging. 
Lot has not proved in good health and the competition has been getting hotter. Still, management says it's committed to keeping Eurolot's schedule intact until the 31st of March. Wow. So there we go. The top 12 of recent airline collapses. We like to end this end yeah, the news segment on a, on a cheery high. note, isn't that? I lovely? know, I know. Oh, so anyway, there we go. Enough of this. Enough of this. It's a cup of tea time, I think. It is tea. My God, I'm so dry. I'm like Indeed. the Sahara Desert here. Yes, lovely. And it is rather warm in this conservatory. It is, yes. We'll, we'll open a window in a minute, shall we? Oh, <laughs> so, well, you, well, you were cold last week. I, I got, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Yes, that's, yes. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll not talk about the temperature on my holiday. No, okay. Yes. Okay, so uh, we're going to leave you as we go and get a brew. Yep. And we're going to leave you with these short messages. Long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. God, I hope that wasn't Stuart flying over. Good lord, no. <laughs> With his Cessna 208 caravan. <laughs> so we're back. I can't say that. That's horrible. We're, we're back then. <laughs> Uh, Matt has um, successfully got me a nice cup of coffee. Yes. Mm. Which is lovely. Oh, there goes Stuart again. You can hear him. Yes, like I say, we're a bit warm in here. We've had to open the yeah, uh, conservatory door. So, so apologies if you... Well, might, <laughs> no, he'll land He's getting a few minute. flights in today, isn't he, is, he Stuart? Yeah. He definitely yeah. is. Mind you, it wasn't, the weather wasn't fantastic yesterday. No, was it? it wasn't yeah. brilliant. It's a lot better today. It's a bit, a bit hazy today, mm. but it's, it's good. good. Good flying weather. So we've got uh, four stories for yep. our military news this week. Uh, picked four of the best stories from uh, around the world. Yep. Uh, so if you're ready to kick off with some military news, Matt. Certainly am. Let's go. being dive bombed there by a parachute plane. Anyhow, so our first story then, uh, kicking off our military news this week, Flight Global, this one. And Germany calls a halt to NH-90 flights. Now, this is a helicopter that we featured before. This is over safety fears. Uh, Germany has slapped a self-imposed temporary grounding order on its Army's fleet of NH Industries NH-90 helicopters, following the discovery of a design flaw with the aircraft's electrical systems. Berlin says that all routine flights of its 10.6-tonne rotor aircraft have been temporarily suspended after Airbus helicopters, which assembles the German troop transport helicopters at its 
Donworth facility identified a fault with the NH90's overhead control panel. The airframer's recommendation follows the uh, 19th of June incident involving a TTH variant in Termez, Uzbekistan, when the helicopter TGEA-18 was forced to make emergency landing after an engine failure and subsequent shutdown of a large number of its electrical systems. Germany's Defence Ministry says the design flaw, which can cause a potential electrical short circuit when the engine fire, uh, fire extinguisher system is used, this led to uh, flight safety on board um, the Ministry's Aviation Authority to re- recommend temporary suspending routine flights with the NH90 over flight safety concerns while the manager of uh, furniture develops oh, blimey, a fix. However, Airbus helicopters insist that the restriction is not required and that the helicopter is safe to fly. Industry has assessed there is no short-term airworthiness issue and therefore recommends to continue flights. NHI is launching a modification in order to improve the design. It says that NHI uh, contacted all operators on the 9th of February, advising them of the issue and its recommendation. Airbus uh, Airbus Helicopters is the largest shareholder in the NHI consortium, followed by Augusta Westland of Italy and Fokker of the Netherlands. Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database records the German army as operating a total of 37 NH-90 helicopters with a further 26 on order. Wow. There we go. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you've, you've got the manufacturer who's saying, no, everything's okay. Why are you taking these out of service? Temporary, albeit temporarily. And then you've got um, basically the, Ger- the German equivalent of the aviation authority saying, no, these things aren't safe to fly. I mean, they're obviously a popular aircraft, yeah. especially for the for yeah. the um, for the German. Well, um, the military in general, military it's not German. just Germans, is it? Um, primary users of the military uh, is classed as a medium transport utility helicopter. Right. Um, first flew in December 1995. Mm. Introduced into service in 2007. Yeah. Um, so it's in use with the French Army, Italian Army, Australian Defence Force, and the Finnish Army. Um, Two hundred have been built. And they have a unit cost of $32.5 million each. It'd be interesting to see then if the other um, military, um, like France and things, whether they, whether they also suspend them. Because um, at the moment it's only in Germany, isn't it? Did I read that? Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, overhead control. But I mean, that's um, pretty much where a, a lot of fire control um, suppressor buttons are located right. on, on, a, on, a, on a lot of... Uh, aircraft or overhead panels kind of a red switch and you pull it yeah. and it uh, fires the extinguisher into the engine to so obviously there's a, a wiring issue with that particular panel well, presumably it's only dangerous if there's actually an engine fire mm, yeah but you wouldn't want that to fail oh, when right. you have an engine fire oh, okay. oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, no hopefully they'll sort that out and that uh, yeah. helicopter will continue yeah as you say it's a very popular uh, it's, a, it's a very popular helicopter so with, with multiple militaries not just yes. not just german energy. anyway flight global again is uh, the same uh, same site again and the headline this time is embryer outlines fly by wire test plan for the kc3 we featured this quite a few mm. times now matt this, hel- this uh, aircraft yeah yeah uh, embryer's uh, kc390 jet airlifter tanker Flew for the first time in early February, but the company has not yet put its technologically ambitious fly-by-wire flight control system to the test. For the first flight, the aircraft's flight control system was fully operational, but set to direct law 
mode. Um, the vice president of the KC-390 programme tells Flight Global. The KC-390's active control side sticks also were not fully operational during the two-hour flight, he says, over the course of the first phase of the two-year test campaign. Embraer will gradually enable more complex uh, aspects of the fly-by-wire system as time goes by. During the first phase, we complete test points needed to freeze the dynamic de definition of the aircraft, uh, and we will then cover the initial uh, envelope with direct mode and then start by adding the other functions going to higher modes for the system. Apologies, this is obviously a direct translation um, of, of what um, the, uh, the Spanish man has said. Uh, direct direct mode is similar to flying a conventional aircraft with a direct link between flight controls and the wing control surfaces. None of the above, none of the built-in protections of the fly-by-wire controls were enacted. The KC-390 will eventually be flown in normal mode, where the fly-by-wire controls improve efficiently and provide flight envelope protections that prevent the aircraft from stalling or performing aggressive manoeuvring. Direct mode lacks those protections and would not be used by pilots during normal operations. The KC-390 features a Rockwell Collins Pro-Line Fusion Cockpit with BAA systems, active side control sticks that eliminate, that emulate, sorry, the experience of using mechanical flight controls that require the pilot to use appropriate force in response to uh, aerodynamic loads. The active control sticks are part of the flight controls, so they were there, but uh, we were we started flying in basic modes and then authorise the function of higher modes progressively. Uh, for the first flight, we were not using uh, yet the full capability of the active sticks. The first prototype of two that will perform the test campaign will continue flying until the second KC-390 comes online in a few months. Uh, the first aircraft will also continue to undergo ground testing to inform future test flights, which is not uh, indicative of any discoveries during its maiden sortie, he said. The second aircraft is in the final stages oh. of structural assembly. So this aircraft, then, we, we, like I said, we featured before mm. on a previous episode. Yeah. And uh, I'll put a link, while, while you've been um, you know, telling us that story, yeah. now, I'll put a link on our Facebook page mm. to, to the aircraft. Yeah. Uh, the KC three ninety, so um, our listeners can have a look on there yeah. and see what this aircraft looks like. I mean, it's, it's, um, a, it's a very exciting sort of step forward, isn't it? I mean, it's a real leap forward. The, the whole idea of flying by wire. Yeah, yeah. Well, Airbus brought it out obviously when they had when they came out with the Airbus three twenty, yeah. the whole fly by wire concept. Yeah. But I, I, I still prefer to have a control column in front of me. Yeah. I have to say, I do like the. Um, the whole uh, Boeing sure, idea of having a control column. Uh, surely they won't ever entirely remove that. I mean, you, you've got to have, you've got to have a. a I mean, I suppose if you, you know, it's all computer. Everything's yeah. computerized, Matt. Everything is computerized. Mm. Yeah, Go, gone. I think the days where everything was cables and uh, yeah. pulleys oh, yeah. and yeah. wire, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. But um, mm. but no, this is a great looking aircraft. Mm. I think they're going to do really well with this. And like I've said before, I hope. That we see one of these, mm -hmm. uh, fingers crossed at uh, at Riyadh this year yeah, when we go. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be good. Yeah, so moving on to our next story, yeah. uh, flight global again, and Egypt picks the Raphael for fighter deal. Now, Matt, you can find some information about the Raphael. Okay. Up the 
Dassault uh, has announced the selection of its uh, Rafale multi-role fighter to meet the operational needs of Egypt. Dassault Aviation is greatly honoured by the Arab Republic of Egypt's decision to equip its air force with the Rafale. The French manufacturer says, adding the decision is a continuation of the cooperation that dates back to the 1970s. The Egyptian Air Force is uh, currently operates the uh, company's Alpha Jet, Mirage 5 and Mirage 2000 models in strike roles. The Raphael meets the needs of the countries that, like Egypt, demand a sovereign air force the best um, le- of the best level, says Dassault. The company has not disclosed the size of the potential deal, but reports earlier this week, uh, uh, week pointed towards a 24 aircraft purchase. Dassault is still waiting to finalise its uh, first export sale of the Rafale, having uh, been selected by India three years ago to meet uh, the nation's 126-unit medium-role multi-combat aircraft requirement. Negotiations surrounding the Rafale currently underway with several governments, the company said. I love this aircraft. This aircraft mm. looks awesome. It's very stylish, isn't it? It, it, just, it looks like it's kind of... Like the sports car of the of the uh, fighter jet mm. uh, kind of thing, I think. Now, interesting enough, it's been around longer than you think. It's actually been around since uh, July nineteen eighty six. Oh, yeah. um, but it it, it sort of first prime sort of first sort of primary user, if you like, was uh, the the French Air Force, and they started using it in two thousand and one. Still in service. Uh, still being produced uh, today as we spoke. 133 as of October 2014 uh, is the amount that have been um, been bought. And unit cost, cost is roughly 74 million euros, <laughs> which is... Well, I suppose, 60 I mean, odd thousand yeah. pounds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 60, yeah. 60 odd million. Yeah, it's... Uh, they're, 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 they're a popular aircraft, predominantly used by the French, it has to be yes. said. Um, but... Uh, yeah, as you say, a cracking looking aircraft. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So our last military story then, mm-hmm. especially for you, Matt, on an aircraft that uh, hopefully you'll see this year at Riyadh. At Riyadh, ah, yeah. yes, absolutely. So the, the, this is the, the Royal Air Force uh, and it's uh, agile, adaptable and capable is the, head, is the headline. And it's the UK's first A400M aircraft named City of Bristol. Uh, the UK's first A400M Atlas has been named City of Bristol by the Royal Air Force in a rare honour to highlight the important role industry in the city has played in the delivery of the aircraft. The wings of the next generation military transporter plane were designed to manufacturers at the Airbus factory in Filton in Bristol with a number of other businesses in the city including Rolls-Royce, uh, GKN Aerospace and Atkins demonstrating a range of high quality aerospace skills which support the A400M program. A total of 22 A400M Atlas aircraft have been ordered by the military or Ministry of Defence, Procurements, Armed Defence Equipment and Support, which is also based in the city of Abbey Wood. The naming of the aircraft is a special privilege for Bristol since it is unusual for the RAF to name an individual aircraft in this way. Speaking at the ceremony uh, at the Airbus site to mark the event, Defence Minister Philip Dunn said that the A400M programme was created or secured work for around 900 people at the companies based here in Bristol and is providing skilled jobs in manufacturing, engineering and supplying chain rolls. 
the many of these jobs require training to acquire specialist new skills needed to help keep the UK aerospace sector at the forefront of its of this high technology industry. The MOD is playing its part in contributing to our long-term economic plan, and this A400M program will become an important contributor in a contributor to the defence supply chain here in Bristol for many many years to come. To mark the honour of uh, to mark the honour, the city of Bristol A400. 400M Atlas recently completed a flypast of the Clifton Suspension Bridge, which also served as a reminder of the engineering history of the city. That's great. I think that's really good. They've named an aircraft, I think, is, yeah. uh, is really good. Yeah. We, um, do, we don't do that. I mean, we used to sort of... Military stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, during the during Second World War. I mean, yeah. I mean, all the B-17 bombers so. yeah. all had their names had, had and their stuff. Had their own names and, um, and graffiti on the side. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often you get a name of a, no. of a Royal Air no. Force jet like that, which well, I think is really good. Good on Bristol. There yeah. We well done. Well good done. Well Bristol. done on the MOD. Yes. So hopefully uh, you'll, uh, you'll see one of these mm. close up. Uh, this year, Matt, because um, we're yeah. obviously me and Matt are going to react. <laughs> we've uh, we've all we're all booked up and ready to go. Hopefully, you guys have all booked your tickets to uh, react. Yes, yeah. Um, so before the cheap the, ones are no longer yeah, there. Now, yeah, the are cheap they? ones have gone now, yeah. but uh, it's still for the amount of aircraft that are there. It's still an absolute huge bargain yeah, um, for the weekend. Yeah. So we've got uh, a few uh, mentions to make uh, mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah. Um, First is uh, our latest few followers on Facebook that we've got uh, Kevin Davey and Mm -hmm. Chris Dobson and also Nuno Santos as well uh, of all liked uh, our Facebook page. So hello and welcome to you, um, to you listeners. Hello, good evening and welcome. Yes. (laughs) And also we have surpassed our 200 mark on uh, Twitter. We have, uh, you know, we've got, we've got 201 followers now. Uh, So uh, a special hello to uh, Biggles Forum (laughs) and uh, Rob Holland. Yeah. Christopher Jacobs have all uh, been uh, latest uh, likers or followers on Twitter um, it's always great to uh, to see some new uh, followers on Twitter and yeah, uh, and people great. on Facebook. It's great, but don't forget, do send us uh, to send us some feedback. Mm. We did get an email actually from Grant McCarran, didn't we? We did from the Plain Crane uh, Crazy Down Under podcast. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and he filled us in on a little bit uh, of information that we were a bit sketchy. Yeah, about, yeah. He yeah. did put us. He, he sort of uh, praised our pronunciation of uh, yes. a few of the Australian. Yes. No, he uh, praised places. your pronunciation. My pronunciation. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for that. Grant, yeah, always absolutely. appreciated uh, some uh, some feedback from you mm. guys. Looking forward to your next, uh, mm. your first episode of 2015. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. From the Plain Crazy Down Under guys. Yeah. And, uh, the trouble is they're busy guys, aren't they? We, they need, we, we obviously need more yes. in our lives, don't we? Yeah, I know, I know. Can we, we do this <laughs> every week? How, how do we? Yes. <laughs> Even when we're on holiday. Yes, well, yes. Uh, that's dedication, dedication. Very much so. Uh, but no, thanks guys. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, don't forget, we're not forgetting as well, our friends uh, over at the Airplane Geeks as well. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, you know, those guys there producing their fabulous podcast. Yeah. And not forgetting as well, uh, Captain Jeff. Of course. From the Airline Pilot yeah, Guide yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, thanks to him as well for listening. Because I know uh, Jeff does try and catch up with uh, the old episode every now and again. But uh, Jeff is another one of those busy chaps mm. flying for uh, Acme. They don't over have time. There. They don't no. have time, you see. No, I know. Very busy people. Very busy people. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, 
That's about well, it for the show this is, week, yeah. isn't it, yeah, Matt? Yeah. It is. It's yeah. been a busy show. It's been a busy show. We had loads of news and and stuff. So we'll uh, we're going to bring episode forty nine to a close. Fifty next week. Wow. The big five zero. Yes. Fantastic. So uh, we're going to record next week at some yeah. point, aren't yeah. we? Hopefully, aren't we? hopefully we'll try and do something a bit special. For that, yeah, we'll so. try and do something special for the fifty. Yeah, we'll yeah. try. Yeah, we'll we're, we're working on a. We we'll work on let's a put, guest. Way, yeah, 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 for our fiftieth, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, but uh, so, uh, but but uh, all, all seriousness, if you work in uh, in aviation and you are listening to this, uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, and, and we'd love to have a chat with you on, yeah. on the show. So, yeah. uh, if, if you would be up for uh, being in touch and, and and appearing in this, we have sort of various uh, technological advances at our disposal <laughs> that will enable you to uh, to be online in very very crystal clear. Yeah, it'd be great manners. to have so, uh, yeah, someone do. on the show. Then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Do. So, yeah, yeah, feedback is very important to us. Yes. So, so make sure you get in touch. Good or bad, we don't mind. So don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Or you yep. can find us at our website. At www.plaintalkinguk, spelt P-L-A-N-E, dot com. Yes, find us on there and click on the Contact Us tab. You can yeah. send us some feedback via there. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, get your messages in, and yep. we'll give you a mention on our big number five zero yeah, fifty absolutely. episode next week. So that's it then from us here in Matt's conservatory studio yes. for this week. Indeed. Thanks for listening to episode 49 of the yeah. Playing Talking UK podcast. Yeah. And uh, from me, Carlos, it's a quite sunny and mm. actually a lot warmer than it was last week in Lanzarote. Oh, stop it. Goodbye. <laughs> and from you, Matt. Uh, it's, uh, it's goodbye from him. Right. So <laughs> that's it then. Goodbye. Bye.